You'd think that as a video game podcaster and comedian, my life is all fun and games. And honestly, you'd be right. About 90% of the time, it's, it's pretty sweet. But every morning, I deal with something very, very serious. My face. You don't become an Edmonton 6 overnight. It takes work. And in my case, it takes good facial hair. And fortunately, I have a great facial hair tag team partner in Harry's. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set and see what I'm talking about. Harry saw the tire fire that the shaving market had become and asked, how did it get like this? Crappy plastic razors, overpriced blades, all locked up like gold bars. And they said, no, we... We can fix this. And damn it, they did. Harry's ships premium quality razors right to your door. About once a month, I check my mail and there's that little box with everything I need to keep my kid presentable status. The blades stay sharp longer, which means an easier time getting my face in order in the morning. And the razors don't look like a dumb piece of plastic that a junior high schooler uses to take care of their peach fuzz. You have the facial hair of a man now. Shave like one. I actually leave my razor handle on the bathroom counter all the time just because it looks so damn classy. Harry's blades are German engineered and they're made to last. They're the best blades on the market for the best price and you don't even have to go out to get them. Set your delivery schedule and shave like a king. I know it sounds sarcastic, but I'm being serious. I've used Harry's forever. These blades are really freaking good. Highest reviews in the industry. A money back guarantee that you're not going to need and a subscription that you can cancel anytime you want. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 115 and we are talking Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars Again, part this is part two. This is the second edition of our revisited series. If you don't know, I uh, I hate the early episodes of Remember the Game. Episode like through about episode fifteen or twenty, it's uh, we were still learning the ropes. I sound like a robot. There's no intro to them. My guests did a great job, but I just I'm not shitting on them at all. But I don't like those episodes. I feel like that's I always compare those early episodes to like that's our episode one of The Simpsons, where all the characters look funny and sound a little off, and you're like, there's something good here, but they just haven't figured it out yet. That's how I feel about those first episodes of the show. Uh, so every ten episodes, we are relooking. At, uh, at one of the mega hit games that we covered back in the early days, and we're giving them the love-injected, passionate podcasts that they so rightfully deserve. And on a quick side note, according to my Word document here, relooking is not an actual word. It's underlined by red, and that just seems ridiculous. Relooking seems like that's an official word here to remember the games. I don't give a fuck. 
Um, but anyway, on episode 105, we revisited Super Mario World, and that actually became our most downloaded episode of all time. So clearly, at least most of you are on board with this revisiting, this relooking concept as well. So this week for episode 115, and we'll be doing it again on 125, 135, 145, etc., uh, up until episode 195. So for this week, we are taking another look at Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars, back there on the Super Nintendo. And listen, I know that's two Mario games back to back, both from episode 114 to this one and from the revisited one to the revisited one. Uh, but Mario RPG is fucking awesome. Mario is fucking awesome. And that little plumber is a pretty hot topic in the world of video games right now and online and stuff like that. And I fully plan on shamelessly just piggybacking the hashtags and stuff that are trending all over the place to try to pick up a few more downloads. So if you found us because of one of those, thank you very much for giving us a chance. Welcome aboard. And I'm glad that my greasy little free advertising strategy worked. Uh, my guest this week on the show is my pal Tyler. You may remember him from such episodes as Halo 2 and Resident Evil 2. And he's been on lots of other ones, but I can't think of which one. I think he was Tony Hawk. It doesn't. Anyway, he's been on the show a whole bunch. Uh, and we went on for about an hour about Super Mario RPG. And I could have just kept going too. We finally stopped it at about an hour. So strap yourself in. This one's going to be a beast. I think you're going to like it, particularly if you like Mario RPG. Although if you're a Mallow fan... Which I didn't think there was any, but apparently there is. You may not like this episode quite as much, but either way, before we get into Mario, Gino, Bowser, Princess Toadstool, Stupid Mallow, uh, it is time for our fabled Remember the Game intro. And I, I really think I need to get some music here or something. I'm going to find just some stupid song or something to play while I queue up the intro every week. I got to find something. But anyway, uh, by the time you hear this, we may already have PlayStation 5 pricing and information. I'm recording this on Tuesday, September 15th in the afternoon, but Sony has got a press conference or something like that scheduled for the afternoon of Wednesday, September 16th. So by the time you hear this, we may already know, or uh, we may be about to get it if you're listening to the show first thing in the morning. So shout out to all of you living in the future that could listen to this earlier than other people, uh, not like us here in Western North America and stuff where we're like way behind the rest of the world. Uh, but we'll, already, we'll get into that on Game Patch, okay? We're not going to talk to PlayStation 5 or the pricing or anything here on this show. This is retro gaming. We're going to talk about that on Game Patch, which is our weekly news podcast. This past episode that just dropped, episode four, we broke down the Xbox Series X and Series S pricing. We looked at the Venom. People are still throwing in Madden 21. We talked Mario 3D All-Stars and so much more. You should really check it out if you like gaming news. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts new episodes go live every monday just look for game patch or you knew this was coming sign up for our patreon and get it three days early you'll get it friday morning instead just like morgan david ray geek life radio and ryan yeager i hope i said that right ryan did this week thank you guys so so much for supporting the podcast i appreciate it two bucks a month gets you early access to Game Patch. It gets you exclusive access to our weekly Patreon podcast expansion pass. It gets you the ability to submit comments and questions for all three of our shows and so much more. Patreon.com slash remember the game. Um, and just quickly, I just I, I need just a second here. Your support helps me and it helps the show so much more than you know. We're at 115 Patreons as of the time that I record this. When we hit 200, I'll be sending everyone that made that 200 up a Remember the Game lanyard and a handwritten thank you note. I will be forever in your debt. And listen, like I'm not a giant podcast, okay? I'm not, I'm not someone with thousands and thousands of Patreons. I'm just one dude, a washed up hack comedian in his spare bedroom trying to put out the best video game content that I 
I can. I see every person that signs up on Patreon. Patreon, I interact with a lot of them via the DM service over there. The support really helps me. Okay, I got into this a lot more de- in a lot more detail on last week's episode of Expansion Pass, but I'm really struggling with finding a balance between running the show as a business and not losing what makes it fun in the first place. And I see a lot of new people discovering the show, which is awesome. And they're going back to listen to the old episodes. And if this is you, if you're hearing me right now and you're someone that recently discovered the show and you're going back to those old episodes, thank you so much. And I'm glad that you enjoy the podcast. Business dictates that I put some of those early episodes behind a paywall because you find the show and then you have 115 podcasts to listen to for free. Why even bother paying the two bucks? Uh, listen, I'm not going to put those episodes behind a paywall. Several people have suggested it. It's just not what I'm about. It's not what I want this to be about. It's not the direction I want Remember the Game to go in. You will always have free access to the regular Remember the Game episodes. So I just ask, if you're enjoying what I do, please consider supporting me on Patreon. I need the help, and I truly appreciate it. So thank you so much. Uh, there's my heartfelt begging slash explanation. Last Sunday's episode of Expansion Pass, I reviewed Battletoads, the new Battletoads game on Xbox and PC. This week for episode 26, I think we're going to do a confessional. I've never done one of those. I'd like to start making this a semi-regular thing on Expansion Pass. I've wanted to do it for a while. Uh, I want There's a few gaming secrets that I'd like to, and shames, that I'd like to admit to. I'd like to get off my chest that I've kept bottled up. And our Patreons, you'll all be encouraged to share your secrets as well. There'll be no judgment here from anyone except for me and it should be a lot of fun so that's the plan for this sunday and while i'm self-promoting i stream on twitch on tuesday thursday and sunday night normally it's from 8 to 11 p.m mountain time but i have comedy shows this week from wednesday to sunday night so i gotta switch it up so thursday i will be streaming from 1 to 4 p.m mountain time and then sunday i will be on after my comedy show so it'll be about 10 p.m until midnight mountain time uh, so pop by, say hi if you're around. You can find us at Member the Game on Twitch. Not remember, Member the Game. You can come by, talk to me, and we play video games. It's a lot of fun. So, uh, okay, let's get into the actual show, you guys. That's my self-indulgent self-indulging. I like to start the podcast each week with a few comments and questions from our Patreons in a little segment we like to call Blowing in the Cartridge. So let's blow. And the first blow is from Gary C. And Gary said... Hey, Adam, just listened to the Battle Soads episode of Expansion Pass, and I loved it. I was part of the 13% that voted against doing a Battle Toads episode, so what the hell do I know? I guess I wasn't too interested as I'm, net, as I'm not an Xbox One owner and I never played the originals, but you made it really accessible to newcomers like me with a little bit of history. I plan to grab an Xbox One soon, and I think I will pick it up. Nice one, Adam. Uh, thanks, Gary. Thanks for writing in. And, uh, and you absolutely should try Battletoads. And this, I think this is going to be a big thing. Not Battletoads, ne- necessarily. Although I hope that Battletoads is, because I fucking love that franchise. But I think between Xbox Ones getting marked down soon, if they haven't already, they're going to very soon. And same with PS4s. They're probably going to as well. Uh, people are going to be grabbing old Xbox Ones or PS4s, maybe if they missed out on them this gen. Or maybe they're going to pick up one of those Xbox Series S's in a couple months because it's so goddamn cheap. I think a lot of people are going to discover there's some great new games on systems that they don't have a lot of experience with i've seen many playstation gamers say that the price of the xbox series s is just too tempting once you factor in game pass because that's the thing gary you don't have to pay 25 bucks for battletoads pay a dollar for the sample month of game pass and you can try battletoads right there a buddy of mine that listens to this podcast who's a regular on this podcast sent me a text so i don't want to name him because it was a private text message but he said he's always been a playstation guy but that 299 price will probably get him to give xbox a shot and this isn't just about how cheap the xbox series s is like i 
said, current gen hardware is going to get marked down right away. It just has to. You can't keep selling PS4s and Xbox Ones at full price when the Xbox Series whatevers and the PlayStation 5s are right around the corner. So they're going to be cheap. So if you don't want to buy one of these launch systems and worry about the bugs and the limited uh, launch libraries and stuff like that, then dude, go old school. Pick up an old system and then just buy the games dirt cheap. We've been talking about that for a couple of weeks. I'm really excited to see people trying new games for the first time because they can pick them up on the cheap. If anything, I'm a Nintendo fanboy. I've never hidden that fact, but I play all three consoles, Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo. Um, and I know PlayStation has a way bigger share of the market than Xbox right now, but I hope a few people take this chance to try out the Xbox ecosystem. There's some great games over there. They're all on Game Pass. You can try them dirt cheap. And I just, I, the reason I brought this up, I hope this garbage of fucking nerds online calling people Xbox or Xbots like B-O-T-S, Sony ponies. I hope this shit just dies soon. These stupid fanboys and these stupid flame wars. We're all gamers, you guys. And I'm telling you right now, when Sega versus Nintendo in the 90s was the big console war, it was a lot of fun. I don't remember insulting a kid that had a Sega Genesis. I remember wanting to go over to their house to try a Sega Genesis. And I remember kids with Sega Genesis wanting to come to my house to try the Super Nintendo. That's what it should be. This this insulting each other because you play on different hardware and you refuse to try the other hardware because it's not the hardware that you know. It's fucking stupid. It just play games. Just enjoy games. This hobby's never been bigger. It's never been better. We've never had so we have so many video games available to us right now on all systems for dirt cheap. Just embrace it, have fun, and don't be a dick anymore. Fuck it drives me crazy. I'll get off my soapbox now. Uh thanks for writing in, Gary. I hope you do try Battletoads and let me know what you think if you do, because it's awesome. Bullfrog wrote in to blow in the old cartridge and bullfrog said can anyone recommend a third party dock for the switch i don't want to brick my system but i could really use a second one thank you uh thanks for writing in bullfrog and this is an interesting question because i'm actually a little intrigued about this myself my switch dock is up here i, I record in my spare bedroom it's where most of my video games are as well and uh, i don't really want to have to unhook it and haul it down to our living room uh, because I know my girlfriend is going to want to play Mario 3D All-Stars with me on the giant TV down there. So I'd be interested in a, in a third-party cheap dock as well. But I'm also nervous about them because I know some of them have brick switches in the past and I'm certainly not willing to chance my Switch to save a few bucks on a dock. But I've seen some really small ones that look rad. They're like super tiny and compact and easy to hide. They look good on like a big entertainment system or whatever. Uh, so if any of you have any experience, any recommendations, suggestions, any words of advice, any say anyone that's like, hey, don't use this one because this one ruined my system. When it comes to the third-party Switch docks, please uh, toss them at us. Toss them at me over on social media at MemberTheGame on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and maybe I'll throw a couple of them up here, okay? Or I'll, I'll, let, uh, I'll let Bullfrog know. Thanks for writing in, Bullfrog. I'm interested in that myself. And then finally, before we move on, this one really caught my eye. It made me raise my people's eyebrow, and it's not even video game related, we don't think. But I really wanted to give this one a moment here on the show. So with that said... It's letter time. It's letter time. And this week's letter comes in from OG Big Titus. Uh, and OG said, I saw there's a post for a Hero Quest announcement next week. And holy Santa Claus shit, I know it's not a video game, but one of the GOAT board games getting re released has my attention. Thank you for writing in, Big Titus. And I gotta imagine that a bunch of you listening to my mouth right now played hero quest at some point i know we did i that game fucking owned we played the shit out of that game when i was a kid 
Uh, Geek Life Radio actually replied to this over on Patreon, wrote in and said, Hero Quest, I loved that game. Been looking for something similar to play with the kids for a while now. Uh, you're goddamn right. That game kicked ass, Geek Life. Thank you for writing in. I agree with you. If you never played Hero Quest, it was like a classic dungeon crawling board game where you played as like, you could play as like a barbarian and a wizard and an elf or whatever, shit like that. And then the game came with this like huge board that had a bunch of walls and rooms. And then it came with a bunch of tiny little cardboard furniture and things like that. And you'd set them up to build different maps as you went along. And the miniatures were awesome. The board was awesome. It was the fucking nerdiest thing you could imagine. But people loved that game. It sells for big bucks online now. I actually saw it at an Edmonton Comic Expo a couple years ago. I used to work the expos with my old job. And I saw it. It was like 250 bucks. It was in really good shape. And I probably came in hot on that thing for like two days. And then I finally went back to see if he would wiggle on the price. And he'd already said he sold it like the first day. So Hero Quest is a big deal. People know this fucking game. Um, and so there's this new website up. This is what Big Titus was talking about. There's this new website up. And I don't have the address. I, you know, a good podcast would have the address locked and loaded and ready for you guys. But you know what to expect from me after 115 of these things. Just Google Hero Quest website. It'll be right. That's the first thing that comes up. So there's this new website. And when you go there, all it features is just a homepage with the Hero Quest logo and this cool looking skeleton guy. And then it says the quest is calling and it has a timer that's counting down. And that timer will run out on September 22nd, which is next Tuesday. So whatever that clock is counting down to, I will bring it up on Remember the Game next week. Whether it's a board game or a video game, this is nerdy shit and I'm excited. I hope it's a revival of the board game, but if it's not, then I hope it's a video game version. As long as the video game version doesn't suck and fill up with microtransactions and shit like that, it's just fun. I think I'd prefer just an actual physical board game, but either one, it's not a bad thing to see that Hero Quest is coming back and we can all just collectively spend the next six days praying together that they don't just fucking sodomize that franchise and just suck every ounce of life out of it to try to maximize microtransactions they can make off us on some shitty phone app or something. So I, I like board games. This has me goddamn excited. So let's wait and see what it is. But thanks for bringing that up, Big Titus. I did not even know it existed until you brought it to my attention. And I can't wait to see what it is. That's enough blowing for the week. Let us get into our smash hit segment. Play one, erase one, remake one. And thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing the theme music for this segment. Uh, the rules are simple. Each week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released in all of its glory. They can remake another one as a modern game. And the third game is erased from time forever. And this week, we're talking Mario RPG on the podcast. So I figured it'd be a Mario RPG-centric version of Play One, Remake One, Erase One. So we're going to talk Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars on the SNES, Paper Mario on the Nintendo 64, and Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door on the Nintendo GameCube. These are three absolute gems. This one was tough, as they all are, uh, but I like it that way. That's the game. It makes it more fun when you got to sweat. It's not fun if it's easy. Um, and listen, as always, there are no wrong answers. I'm going to read a bunch of your replies before I get to mine. There are no wrong answers, but there is a correct one. And I'll tell you what it is in just a minute. Um, and for the first time since we launched this segment, nobody that wrote into us on Patreon had the answer that I would give. So, mm, that's interesting to me. A lot of you had the same answer, but it's not the correct one. So let's, let's get into the answers. We're going to start with Jeff Johnson from game on G on game on GNT. And Jeff said he would play Mario RPG, he would remake Mario RPG, and he would erase 
the rest. Uh, and that's not the goddamn rules, Jeff Johnson from Gaming on GNT. That is not the goddamn rules. But Mario RPG is the best game in this trilogy. It is the best of the three. So I'll give you a partial credit for that. You're still disqualified, but you get disqualified with a partial credit as well. Like a participant ribbon. So good answer, Jeff. Mark McHugh. The old famous Mark McHugh decided to play this week, and he said, I'm playing Thousand Year Door as I speak. I would love to see a remake that sanded down a few of the edges. I guess I would have to say goodbye to Mario RPG. And that's all he said. So former Hall of Famer Mark McHugh would remake the Thousand Year Door and say goodbye to Mario RPG, meaning I assume he would just play Paper Mario. Well, guess what, Mark McHugh? Getting rid of Mario RPG gets rid of your chances of getting back into the Hall of Fame, you son of a bitch. Get out. You are disqualified forever. Uh, Until the next time, I need you to be a guest on the show. But no, you can't erase Mario RPG. God damn it. Uh, Matt McLean wrote in over on Patreon, and Matt said, really, really tough decision here, Adam. I'd play A Thousand Year Door. It's the better of the first two Paper Mario games, really played on the paper aspects with all the different abilities. I would remake Mario RPG, one of my favorite games growing up, would be great on a current system, particularly on Switch. Hashtag Geno for Smash. And I would erase Paper Mario. It hurts to do it, but Thousand Year Door just did it all better. I made these choices assuming Thousand Year Door would still be made despite erasing its predecessor. So thanks for writing in, Matt. And first off, Geno for Smash, I'm 100% on board. Hashtag Geno for Smash. Ha- fuck, at this point, hashtag Geno for something, please. So I'm on board with you with that, Matt. And as far as this whole grandfather clause or whatever that concept is called when it comes to time travel and erasing something and hoping that future iterations, future iterations of it still exist, that's an interesting side note with this game. And I don't want to give a locked-in rule or make a, like a definitive ruling on that because I want it to be very subjective. I want it to be all up to you. And if you think, like if you erase Paper Mario, does Paper Mario Thousand Year Door even exist? There are no rules here, okay? I just want to see what you all think about this. So we don't actually have enough power to make these decisions yet. So we kind of got to play by our play by our own rules so uh matt's answers thanks for writing in matt matt's answers were a very common answer by far the most common set of the three from you guys dave mcgee wrote in and said sadly i've never played a paper mario game but with that being said i would remake mario rpg because that game with updated graphics would be fucking sick i'd play thousand year door because you said it's pretty damn good and i'd erase paper mario 64 because it's on the nintendo 64 and that controller that fucking controller so thanks for writing in, Dave. And you know what, McG? I'm not going to hold the fact that you've never played a Paper Mario game against you because they're not fucking available anywhere these days because Nintendo loves jerking us around. So that's not on you. That's not your fault. And getting rid of a game based purely on its controller seems crazy, but the Nintendo 64 controller might just be the exception. So I don't have a problem at all with Dave McGee's answer. And longtime friend of the show, current uh, Patreon of the show, and longtime frequent guest of the show, David Ray, agreed with uh, McGee. David said, I'd remake Super Mario RPG, play Thousand Year Door, delete Paper Mario. Uh, and what I like about Dave's answer here is that there's no explanation. Every week we get a couple ice cold, cutthroat business folk that just call their shot and walk away. And I fucking love it. I don't need to explain why. It's like firing someone without saying why. David's basically just telling Paper Mario 64, you're done. Pack your shit. Get the fuck out. I, I respect that. I respect a man who stands and just calls his shot and that's it. So... 
Bullfrog wrote in over on Patreon and said, this is the meanest one yet. So I'll just say Mario RPG in the Link's Awakening engine slash art style. I'll play Thousand Year Door. And I'm sorry, OG Paper Mario, you gotta go. Just don't tell my daughter it was her second real video game on my original Nintendo 64. So Bullfrog agrees with a whole bunch of you. He wrote in, he's got the same explanation, and he's doing it in spite of what could cause his daughter some serious heartbreak and tears. So like this, like that's even more vicious than David Ray not giving an example. You're given a reason. You're giving a reason, and then you're just laughing in your daughter's face while she cries that you're eliminating one of her childhood treasure toys. This game brings out the dark side of our listeners, and I fucking like it, quite frankly. I like, I like this side of some of you. Uh, so thanks to all of you that wrote in. There's a lot of answers, but a lot of them were that same trio, that same order. Uh, and quite frankly, I'm sorry, but none of those are the secret code this week. Here's what I would do. This is the correct answer. It's my, and like just, I know that I don't even have to explain this. I know that I come across as like a patronizing dick to be like, here's the right answer. But the simple fact of the matter is it's my show. So I pick the answers. It's like a history teacher gets to pick the answers to her history tests. That's how it fucking works. Don't let them kid you. So this is what I would do. I'd play Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. This game is a classic. I'm about to spend an hour telling you why it's probably a lock for my top 10 favorite video games of all time, so I'm not going to waste any more time doing that here. I would remake the original Paper Mario, and I would dump the Thousand Year Door. And here's why. Here's why. Before you fucking hang up or skip to your next podcast or go to Retronauts, which never fuck, don't do that. Before you do any of that, here's why I would do that. Both Paper Mario on the Nintendo 64 and the Thousand Year Door on the GameCube are great games. No question. But the Thousand Year Door, you guys, has so much backtracking. Like, so much. I, I also, it's, it's almost, it's, it's ah, I don't want to say it sucks. Because it's still fun backtracking, but it's backtracking nevertheless. I also don't really care for that, like, two-hour-long wrestling chapter with the giant golden eagle thing. Um, so what I would do is I would remake Paper Mario, clean it up, make it pretty or prettier and just do all the extra fun stuff that we want to do with it. And then it would be such a commercial success that a new and improved thousand year door would almost be sure to follow minus the backtracking. So that's my answer. Remake the first one. The second one will be improved by default. Ah, that's, I'm playing with the loopholes now. Plus it's, Plus, I don't really want to race any of these games because I really like all three of them. So uh, that's my answer. Thanks to all of you that played. I love this stupid segment so much. I don't know why we get so much mileage out of it, but we all seem to have fun with it. And someday when we're the most powerful podcast on the internet, we'll actually be able to make some of these remakes of these races happen. So uh, sometimes I like to sneak in a little bit of retro gaming news before I get into what I've been playing. But I Googled retro gaming news and the only news stories I can find are A, Mario 3D All-Stars, which we've all, we've talked about it to death. I'm sure we'll talk about it on Game Patch again this Friday. I'm not talking about it anymore. And B, and this is like two weeks old, someone got the original Doom game running on a pregnancy test. So what have I been playing over the last week? Uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, primarily, as it won our Patreon poll. You'll be getting an episode on it very soon. It's just so fucking long and big and i thought i'd be done it like a week and a half two weeks ago i think i'll be done it today as soon as i'm done recording this while i set my computer up to like 
uh, what's the word, um, create like the actual audio file and the video file. While my computer's doing this, I'm going to fire up San Andreas because I'm so close to being done. Can't wait to put this thing to bed. I have liked most of it though. Uh, then we'll be recording an episode about it. You'll be getting that probably in the next week or two, maybe even next week if I get it done in time. Uh, and I've been playing Evergate on my Switch. If you've never heard of it, it's fine. I don't blame you. It's an indie game that was shown on the indie publisher's direct Nintendo held about a month or two ago. Just launched. And the publisher was kind enough to hook me up with a free code to try their game. Thank you for the help on that T-word. I appreciate it. It's a puzzle platformer. It looks a lot like Ori in the Blind Forest. Uh, and I'm really digging it. I'm really digging it. I'm going to finish it. It's pretty short. And then I might do like a video review or something. Cause I don't think there's enough meat there for an actual full podcast, but, uh, they were kind enough to send me a copy for review purposes and I'm a man of my words. So I'll probably do a review something about that pretty soon. Uh, and then I'm still dinking around with fall guys on my PS4. I'm always playing Tetris 99 on my switch. Cause it's one of the greatest games ever made. And then Spelunky two comes out this week on PS4 and I love the original Spelunky so much. I can't wait to play that. Plus I got to play Sonic Adventure because that just won our Patreon poll. And I should really just wrap this up and go play some video games because I have tons to fucking play. So that said, let's get into Mario RPG. Uh, as has become our tradition, I like to give our Patreons the floor before we get going and let them share their some of their thoughts before I get into mine. And the infamous Jeff Johnson at Game on GNT wrote in and said, one of the greatest of all time. I never got into Geno as much as other people did, but I loved all the secrets hidden everywhere, especially Kulix. I hope I said that right. Great storytelling as well. Uh, thanks for writing in again, Jeff. 100% I agree with you, minus not getting into Gino. Although, and we talk about this on the podcast in a minute, I don't know why we all love Gino so much. Like, we just do. I'm not sure what it is about him that is so appealing, but everybody loves Gino. So I, I disagree with you on that, but it is one of the greatest games ever made. Uh, and this game is full of secrets and there's so much fun to find because this game's not bogged down with random encounters and bullshit like that. Fucking so good. And then Keegan Wilson wrote in on Patreon and said, I gotta agree with Jeff. This game is amazing and it's surprisingly short, which seems rare for RPGs these days. I loved Gino as a kid and thought he was so cool, but playing it again now, or playing it nowadays, him and Mallow kind of suck. I ditch Mallow as soon as I get Gino and I drop him for Princess Toadstool. Uh, thanks for writing in Keegan. First of all, Mallow does suck. Although based on what I'm hearing on social media, not everybody thinks that, which is weird, but to each their own, please don't yell at me. Cause I am going to yell about Mallow in the episode in a minute. Uh, and it is short. It is a short game, which I actually love. I don't need 50 to 60 hour games all the time. Give me, give me six inches of delicious sandwich over a two and a half foot hoagie. That's just full of bologna and ketchup. Um, maybe that's a stupid analogy, but whatever. On a side note, how the fuck? Spelling baloney is fucked up. I don't know how it's spelled everywhere else in, in the world, but spelling it here, it looks like blogni. I don't look up the Canadian spelling of baloney. I don't, I don't. Anyway, that's a topic for another podcast. Let's get into Super Mario RPG with my buddy, Tyler. I'm going to cue up some music and we are going to revisit Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars, one of the best games ever on one of the best consoles ever. It originally released in North America on May 13th, 1996. Get comfy, this is a long one. Let's talk Mario RPG. Hey nerds, before we get into the greatness that is Super Mario RPG, I would like to thank the Press Start to Join podcast for sponsoring this week's episode of our show. 
I seriously listen to Press Start to join myself. I'm so excited they've offered to sponsor our show and you really should give them a shot. And if you've been listening for any length of time, you know that I've been skeptical of running ads in the past. I've turned down several sponsors because I'm not going to weigh this podcast down plugging crap uh, that sucks. If something gets the Remember the Game stamp of approval, it has fucking earned it. And Press Start to Join gets that stamp. I love this show, you guys. Press Start to Join is a gaming and technology podcast hosted by Alan and Josh, a couple of nerds, friends of the show, just like the rest of us. Their latest episode is number 317. 317! And it's called Next Gen Gaming OAC. Every week, these guys do all the legwork for you. They break down the biggest news in the world of technology and video games. These guys cover everything. Alan tells you who's offering up free games each week and where you can get them, which seriously, like I said it a couple weeks ago, but that on its own makes this podcast worth your time. Josh looks back at this week in gaming history, which is my absolute favorite segment on the show. I love that stuff. It helps me plan my episodes of the podcast. Do you guys remember Advance Wars? It dropped this week in 2001, which I know thanks to Press Start to Join. They also won the Outstanding Technology Podcast Award at the 2020 Canadian Podcast Awards. I've never won an award like that. These guys are the real deal. They put a ton of work into this thing. It's professional, it's informative, it's entertaining, and I'm legitimately proud to have them sponsoring Remember the Game. New episodes drop every Friday. You can find them on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, or you can hit up ps2jshow.com. That's ps2jshow.com for more info, thorough show notes. You can listen to the show there as well. You can find all their info in the description box on this episode. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the ps2jshow. Again, PS, the number two J show. Tell them I sent you. It won't get you a damn thing, but it would really, really be cool. Press start to join podcast. Seriously, gets to remember the game industry seal of approval. Check them out. Thanks for sponsoring the show, you guys. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting is a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad, the ugly... I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And better help is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash remember the game today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash remember the game. 
So this is episode two of our revisited series, where, as I'll have already no doubtedly have explained in the intro, uh, every 10 episodes, we're going to go back and revisit one of the games we talked about in the early days when the podcast sucked even more than it does now because I still wasn't sure what to do with the podcast. And joining me this week to talk one of those retro games is longtime guest of the show, friend of mine, uh, and all that other, all those other fun tags, my, uh, my pal Tyler. How's it going, buddy? Oh, pretty good. How are you? fucking good i'm sick of to be honest with you tyler can, can i just i'm just gonna shoot straight with you here and the whole world can get in on this i'm getting uh i'm i'm sick of podcast like i've done so many podcasts in the last 96 hours like stockpiling <laughs> episodes of remember the game this is the last one and then i'm done and it's like and i'm so happy that we're ending on this because super mario rpg is unequivocally one of the great it's it's a hero it's one of the greatest video games ever made i don't care what anybody says Absolutely. Now, and you, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. There's no sequel. Oh, fuck. Don't even get... Dude, nah. every... I get asked that question so often on like the Q&A episodes and stuff. Like, what's a game you want a sequel to? What's a series that should be brought back? And if I said that in a condescending tone, that was not intentional because I love getting that question. Super Mario RPG is going to be one of my answers until the sequel happens. If it ever... And I don't want no Paper Mario sequels. And I don't want Mario Luigi on the fucking handheld sequels. I want Super Mario RPG 2 with Geno and Bowser and Princess and Smithy is a bad guy and maybe Mallow, but probably not Mallow. No, he, he, didn't, he didn't make the cut. Yeah, yeah, he didn't make the cut. He fucking... I fucking hate Mallow. So, okay, so this <laughs> is a good place to start then because you were literally right before I hit record telling me that you were you played this the other day in preparation of this show. Yeah, yeah, I played a solid couple hours and, and then got to the point I got stuck to when I was a kid. And just was like, ah, I'm good. I'm good. So where, so where did you get stuck? Uh, seaside. Seaside. Oh fuck! Is that uh, in the ship? Yeah. The sunken ship. Yeah. yeah. And I just kind of got to the point where I was like, all right, everything was old hat. You know, like I'd done all this stuff before, and it was all kind of coming back to me. And then I got to this point, and I was like, I need to look this up to figure it out. Right. I'm dumb. I'm old. I got too much going on. Now, okay. So, so now, just quickly, that's a fair point. Like if and uh, you know what when we score this game at the end the thing that's going to keep this game from a perfect score is going to be the pirate ship because to me that is the like in final fantasy 2 slash 4 there's that dungeon where you can't use metal weapons that i've griped about infinite times on the show here um that's the, i forgot about that <laughs> i hate that dungeon oh. that the, the pirate ship in super mario rpg is that dungeon it just kind of drags and it kind of sucks like, are you stuck because well, it's hard, it, or are you stuck because you're stuck at the puzzles? I'm stuck at a puzzle. Oh, okay. Um, so which... it's like uh, you got to open the right door with a password or something, and yeah, you got oh six, yeah six rooms to find the hints with the passwords, and I just kind of I'm like ah oh, okay. And I'm not I'm 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 not necessarily stuck in like when I was a kid and I spent probably four or five hours wandering around the stupid pirate ship being like, well, obviously my IQ isn't greater than the guys who developed this. I'm an idiot. Right. And I was too cheap to buy. And also like, you know, the bane of renting cartridge games back in the day, you rent it, you, you know, play it, you get stuck at a point, you have to return it. You rent it again. Someone saved over your save point. You're just like, well, fuck. yeah. Yeah. RPGs are a tough rental. I rented this game when I was a kid too, before I got it for Christmas. And like RPGs are a tough rent. Cause realistically, like, unless you were pulling off one of those, like, week-long rentals in the summertime, like, if it's, like, yeah. a Friday to Sunday night rental on the weekend, you're not beating that game. Even if your parents no. don't make you go somewhere and you literally get 
I mean, say you rented at five o'clock Friday night and you could play till 10 o'clock Sunday night when you have to go to bed. Let's just say that. So what is that? That's 53 hours. You're not beating fucking Super Mario RPG in that time when you don't know where to go and you don't have the internet to look up how to beat it. You're not. That's impossible. You know, and it, and like in some of the RPGs, you'd rent like Final Fantasy three and Final Fantasy two or four and six or whatever, however you want to categorize them. Yeah. You know, you you could rename all your characters, and some dickhead named Adam would always save over my fucking save spaces. <laughs> <laughs> but Mario was Mar- Mario else, didn't have, have the renaming. So when I lead back to laugh, so I don't know if you're saying anything. Just talk for a second while I plug in my. There we go. I'm back. Okay, sorry, there I lost you. I lost you when you said that Adam was a dickhead and erased your save. Yeah, for Final Fantasy II and uh, oh, yeah. six, or well, two and three. So I'll ask you then, because sorry guys, we'll get more into Super Mario RPG, but this is uh, this is I'm interested. Uh, admittedly, maybe this makes me a piece of shit because I feel like this is the gaming version of the kid that pulls the wings off flies when you're little. <laughs> but like when I would rent a game, the first thing I would do is go through and just erase every save file on the game. What? Yeah, I don't know if it was why I did it uh, and. It feels good to finally oh. get that off my chest. But yeah, like if I rented it, and you know what really, you know what's really obnoxious about that is like, say I read Final Fantasy 2. I only need one save. Like there's four save files in there. I could leave three completely untouched and just play my fourth one. But for some reason I was like, no, I, I use my allowance. I rented this game. This is mine for the next 72 hours. And I don't want Tyler's half-assed, shitty, not finished file <laughs> clogging up my perfectly precise gaming. So I, I would go through it. I'm, you didn't do that? I'm just curious if anyone else did that or if it was just me being a psycho. Never. I had something called honor amongst gamers. <laughs> I, I thought I was joking. I was just taking a jab at you, but now I know it was you because we grew up in the same town and you for sure were the asshole erasing my fucking game. Well, I don't want to clog <laughs> it up mine and I don't want to accidentally spoil something. Yeah, I was bad for that. It was, like, it was so obnoxious too. I don't know why. Even to this day, like I, I don't like having, cause I'm a single gamer now. Like I have a girlfriend, but in my gaming life, I'm practically single. And I don't like, I don't like, I don't want to have more than one save. I don't want anyone else on my games. Like, this is why. Get the fuck, go get out of here. Go buy your own. So, yeah, I did that. Um, tell me tell me the truth. You go to your cousins and your friends' houses and still erase their games. Oh, I don't have any friends anymore. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> you erased all their because yeah, I erased all their files. But if I had friends, <laughs> yeah, fucking rights, I would do. No, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Dude, okay, sorry, guys. I promise. This is the last story. Then we're going to get deeper into Super Mario RPG uh fire emblem three houses last summer that game took over my life i played the fuck out of that game great game by the way my game of the year for 2019 and uh i was playing it and then my nephew was staying at our house for a week my nephew ben who comes on the show sometimes and he asked if he could play it and i said sure just don't touch my file like make sure you save your own file because i i'd be pissed if i lose like 60 hours of work and then he started his own file and he played it while he was here and then when he went home the first thing I did was go in and get rid of his save files because he was like, I'm never going to play it again. He's done with it. So I was like, all right, then I'm getting rid of your files. And I accidentally deleted my own save file. <laughs> and I'm telling you, Tyler, the momentary like panic that set in, I was like, Shaylee was like, he might cry. Like I was so upset. And then I remembered that one of the few benefits you get out of Nintendo's subpar online service is cloud saves if you pay for the online subscription. And my three houses save was sitting there ready to go. So you can tell me the truth. Shaylee laughed when you cried. Oh, she was like, oh yeah. Well, she doesn't know the story about me erasing old save files when I was a kid, but I thought to myself, like that's karma that I fucking deserve that, (laughs) but they were back. So, okay. So 
Mario RPG, you got stuck at the pirate ship, but let's talk about how wicked awesome the game is prior to the pirate ship. This game fucking owns. Like, absolutely. I. The Super Nintendo's tough because there's so many great RPGs on it. Would you, what's your favorite Super Nintendo RPG? Uh, my favorite is probably Chrono Trigger, yeah. followed by this, and then the Final Fantasy series. And I can't pick one. Two and three or four and six, like however you want to categorize them. Yeah. We're, we're on par with each other. But And Chrono Trigger, the only reason I liked it is one of the first RPGs I played in Peak. That's right? fair. Yeah. So. Everybody's got an attachment. Like Final Fantasy 2 is my first RPG. So I, like that game is like, that game feels like my child. Like nobody talks shit about Final Fantasy 2. Plus it's awesome. Right. But but you right. and I did Chrono Trigger, right? You were my guest on Chrono yeah. Trigger. And I was pretty negative actually on Chrono Trigger now that I think about it. And I don't hate I, it. I've, I feel like we need to revisit that eventually because I want to apologize to that game. Well, and the way you have to look at it is it's kind of the animal farm of 1984. Like it's the introduction to the JRPGs, right? Like Chrono Trigger, it's very streamlined compared to the Final Fantasies. It's way quicker. Right. Um, but then, you know, if you played that and liked it, go check out a Final Fantasy game because it is the big brother of Chrono Trigger, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And you know what? And so that's a great way to tie in Super Mario RPG. I think one of the most incredible, like, one of the biggest feathers is Super Mario RPG's hat. And listen, I know that like Square Enix was involved in, or Square Soft at the time, whatever was involved in Super Mario RPG. But like when you're going up on a console that's got Chrono Trigger, it's got Final Fantasy 2, Final Fantasy 3, it's got Earthbound, it's got Secret of Mana, Secret of Evermore, and I'm sure more RPGs that I'm not thinking of right now off the top of my head. Like it's got, like it is, I think the PlayStation 1 and the Super Nintendo are considered by many to be the two peak JRPG consoles at least of the retro oh, yeah. era right and that super mario rpg could come along and nintendo could you know at least you know be half of the pie and they could create this brand new con like this brand new system brand new engine new game mechanics all this stuff take a guy who's normally a platformer put him into this rpg and like and not only did they do all that stuff but it stands toe to toe with a bunch of the greatest rpgs ever made is really special like that's Whoa. a big thing well, and even like just the little things that they added, like the puzzles are more intricate and more at home with the Mario game. The combat having, you know, you could do those little combos where you could do a critical attack. Like it was active, you know, an active button to hit for the critical attack. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like that, that that's way more engaging than uh, the Final Fantasy ones where it's just your turn, you click what you're going to do. And, you know, that's fine and whatever, but it just... It just added that little bit of an extra element that wasn't in any of the other games. So it wasn't just a direct, you know, direct, uh, not ripoff, but you know what I mean? Directly inspired by those other games. They yeah, they, they own, didn't just take the formula. They added their own flavor. Yeah. Yeah, they added their own flavor. Yeah, I agree. Dude, that's a great point. Because, like, I will, I will, I'm, it's not even an argument. I'll just straight up say that, like, Final Fantasy 2 and Final Fantasy 3 in particular and Chrono Trigger all have infinitely better stories than Super Mario RPG. By Mario standards, Mario RPG has a good story. But compared to those games, it's still kind of a ho-hum, fairy tale, Mario, quick, basic like story. Uh, but you're right. Where it makes up for it is in some of those mechanics. Like They obviously added a little bit of platforming and stuff in, in the overworld. But that, that timed hits in combat, to me is like I remember the first time I played this and I was like that's awesome because if I have a criticism of Final Fantasy 2 and 3 it's that I'm and anyone that's played those games especially on the Super Nintendo knows you could basically just hold A 
Like it's just, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like most of your combat is just tap, 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 and then just wait it out. You know what I mean? Whereas in this one, you're yep. constantly paying attention, not only because those, those more, those timed hits of being able to tap a right as you attack does more damage or tap the button right as someone hits you and you block damage or whatever. Like sure. Not only does it make the game easier, the game's not super hard to begin with, but it just keeps you invested. It's like, it's like playing a little bit of an action game during a JRPG. Yeah, exactly. And like, I'm a, I'm the type of guy, like I, especially now in my old age, like I have to play competitive games with other people. I have really hard time sitting down and playing a game by myself. Um, This is something that keeps me engaged. Like I almost would say I'm borderline ADHD in that I can't sit still unless something's super interactive. Right. Right. And, and it's one of those elements where I was like, Oh no, I'm okay with this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they do a great job too of like, like those, especially the attacks, Cause like Mario's got like, he can use hammer and his jump, but then like, I also love, I dude, I don't know why they don't do this in more RPGs with Mario. Like, I love that he has the shell. I guess maybe they do like in paper Mario and thousand year door. Cause you get a Koopa Troopa, like sidekick and you can kick the shell. But like my favorite weapon of Mario's during Mario RPG is the shells. When you throw them in the air and then kick them at the enemy. And like yeah. the, the sound is satisfying. And then when you hit a at the right moment and you get to like, the extra like explosion noise and all the stars go off. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if there's like a small part of like a five-year-old boy trapped in my brain that is never not going to be mesmerized by those lights and that sound. But I just love it. Like the timing is just so, it almost feels like your controller should rumble, even though it doesn't. Like it's, yeah, that'd be a great ad addition, right? Yeah. Right. Like it just feels so fucking good. And the block and it just, and the fact that like your weapons change up constantly, like, and we'll get into the other characters in a minute, but even just as Mario, like you can. Well, and then they animated new weapons. They, they didn't have to do that. They could have had like three basic things or whatever, however many variants of weapons there are. And they could have just had those basic ones, but they add like a different flavor for each weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a, yeah. You know, Mario punches. And as you get better punches, his hands like grow bigger and stuff like that. And then the hammers look different. And the the Koopa shells that you kick at people look different. And then, like you say, you add in all the different guys. And all they would have had to done is, again, I'm going to keep comparing it to the other Super Nintendo RPGs because that's just, it's, it's, it's in their class. Like when you play Final Fantasy II, if you equip Cecil with a new sword, the sword changes color or whatever, but nothing else changes. Yeah, it's the same outline, right? Right. And it's the same in Chrono Trigger. Like, you know, his sword turns purple at the end it's the rainbow shell sword so it's kind of pinkish rainbowy right right but you don't but it doesn't look different it never looks different right whereas in this game you're right every single weapon looks different and that really like little details like that really draw me in i kind of wish their armor changed based on what you equip for armor but i can live oh, with it not sick. yeah but i can i get that they wanted to keep like they all look like themselves um, yeah so Mario's got, could, go ahead. They could have had Mario with the raccoon armor, the cape, stuff like that. That that was all out at this point, right? Oh yeah, so. that would have been if they gave him like items from the other games as his like armor. Yeah. That would have been so sick. Oh fuck! Or even like when you use like because Mario's got like his fire spells. All of his spells are jumping in fire. Um, and like it'd be so rad if when you use your fire spells, he turned into firepower Mario with like the white and the red yeah. outfit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just nitpicking. Those are the little things, but that would look great. So Mario's well, got... No, no, Nintendo's listening to this for the sequel and writing, taking notes, being like, man, these guys are fucking on fire. <laughs> think tank. Mario think tank you right would, here. I, you know what? I'm torn on that. If you were like, yo, Nintendo's going to listen to your podcast, part of me would be like, oh my God, that's the coolest thing. And part of me would be <laughs> like, please don't yell at me for using your music. I'm not getting any money out of it. It's free. Please don't yell at me. 
because they're crazy. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> so Mario's got those attacks, and then the first sidekick you get is Mallow, who I know there are people that like Mallow, and I get that Mallow's kind of like Vivi from Final Fantasy IX, where he's like the little runt and he's got magic and stuff like that. I even as a child, I never liked Mallow. Not even a little bit. Right? His special ability is to bend over and take it from the Koopa Troopers. Like, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> he sucks so bad. Like, like, the thing about him is, like, he becomes so... I mean, he's handy when you get him because you've got a second member in your party. So you've got someone and a else... Healer. And, and a healer. Yeah. Like, up until having him, I was kind of going, holy sh... You don't really run into too many enemies that you can't handle on your own. And occasionally get that, like, full HP flower from killing an enemy. Yeah, that's but, right. It's just nice to have that little bit of control. Yeah. But as soon as you get Peach, it's like, all right, Mallow, you're out. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like you're right. When you first get him, it's nice to have somebody else to take damage. Plus, he he's got his healing spells. But like when you get him, they make it sound like he's a pretty good magician. And like the RPG fan in me, the first time I got Mallow, was like, oh well, this is clearly gonna be like the Paula from Earthbound or like the the Rose uh, the Rosa from Final Fantasy Two. Like this will be my healer probably has some cool attack magic like and then it turns out they're like nah most of his magic sucks other than he can heal you and he thinks he's a tad that's the thing that bothers me the most about mallow i think is that he thinks he's a tadpole and that was the story that like they were like oh he's a tadpole and everyone's like everyone you meet is like he's not a he's a cloud like what the fuck? He thinks he's a tadpole, and then when he finds out the truth from uh, Frogicus or whatever the fuck his name was, there the old wise frog, the master splinter of frogs, and he explains yeah. that he's not actually a tadpole. I do love the way they do the silly like, <gasps> and everyone like freaks out in the game, and then Mallow gets upset, and then he's like, "Well, I'm gonna go find my parents." But I just was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Like, why can't he just say that he doesn't know what he is and he lives with the frogs? Like, I get that this is indicated to, or this is built toward children, and I get that it's got to be funny, but like, it's not even funny. It's just like, no, he's not. He's not a fucking. I played this when I was like ten years old, and I was like, he's clearly a cloud. Like, fuck, I hate Mallow. He sucks so much. And he jumps out of his pants. I thought he was a marshmallow when I was a kid. Mallow, marshmallow. Yeah, I actually did too. I thought he was a marshmallow too. And then when he does his stupid spells, he jumps out out of his pants. But his pants sit there with shoes, but he's got no under, like no legs or butt. And then he falls back on top of it. And I was like, what are you, like, Krang? Are you, like, the good Krang where you have to ride around in a mechanical body and you're just a talking ball? Like, I fucking hate Mallow. Oh, I hate Mallow. But I, the only thing I like about Mallow is that I love his, uh, the way he bitch slaps people. <laughs> just wind up. Yeah, did you get that far with him where he's got that attack? I can't remember if yeah. that's what he starts with because I know he can use symbols at one point, which sucks, too um yeah they're junk uh yeah you get all of that by the seaside okay yeah his attack where he fucking like he reaches out and like literally it's just like a fucking an open palm like smack and then he'll backhand them and then if you do like the right timing then his hand grows and he slaps them again and i just think it's the funniest thing you're fighting these like big giant bosses and here's this shitty little cloud that thinks he's a frog without feet and he has crappy magic and he just walks up (laughs) and just slaps them right in the face and i I just think it's the greatest that's Mallow's redeeming qualities the slap is fucking hilarious worthy of the best party member uh no fuck off what's no. your perfect party what's your perfect party oh it's mario bowser princess oh you don't like gino no okay so all right well let's okay so gino G- dude i gotta say so obviously you're a gino fan 
Yeah, I would have Gino Mario Princess. That's my party. Okay. See now, like, there's nothing wrong with that. I just like Bowser the character more than Gino. But Gino, like, every this is okay. This is the thing about Mario RPG. They introduce two new characters as allies. One is Mallow, the stupid cloud that thinks he's a frog that sucks, and the other one is Gino, which is some godly spirit that comes to the planet and then takes over a doll. And then becomes a member of your party. And he's such a boss. Like he's so <laughs> cool. He seems cool when you win fights and he just turns to the camera and nods like a pimp. And he's just like a tank. His attacks do so much damage. He's got a machine gun elbow. Right. Like he's so rad. He's like Barrett from Final Fantasy VII, but way cooler. Um, I was thinking Vincent from Final Fantasy VII. Fair enough. He's like Vincent and Barrett. Yeah, mixed into one. One yeah. badass. He's he's Verit. Um, that's stupid. But no, Gino's <laughs> fucking Gino's awesome, and they have never done anything with them. And I don't like. Listen, I know there there's people that want him in Smash. I know that he shows up as like a trophy in Smash or a costume or something like that. But like, he's never shown up again. And I got to imagine there's some kind of headache between square and Nintendo where it's fuzzy about who owns the rights to them or something. Cause they're not stupid. I mean, I know Nintendo ignores us all the time, but Nintendo has heard the outcry. They know the people want something with Gino, like well, something. And especially like, I feel like the Nintendo consoles really let down square for developing, uh, games at a point, but with the switch, they could totally get back in bed with Nintendo and start developing uh, JRPGs like Mario RPG oh, and have God. it be switch and have it be switch exclusive. It wouldn't, wouldn't hurt their brand at all. If, if e- either of them, no, I agree hundred percent. And if they ever made a true sequel to this game, um, like, first of all, Gino would have to be in it. And second of all, like not only would Gino have to be in it, but this is coming from like a diehard Mario fan who would be pretty hard pressed to not put Mario RPG in my 10 favorite games of all time list. Like, I would want Gino to be the star. Like, let Gino come to Earth and then be like, hey, I need some help. And, like, get the team back together. that would be so good. Like, because everybody that played this game, and it's so weird, Tyler, I don't get what about Gino clicks so hard compared to Mallow. Like, I don't know what it is about him, but he's so cool. Like, he's just so rad, and everybody likes him so much. I mean, he's a puppet. Like he's a, like you said, he's a freaking puppet, but he's just so much cooler. Yeah, yeah, that's the best it's, part. Is like he's not even like a badass character. He's a doll that like a, the, that, a, that a ghost takes over. It's his cape. It's his cape. Yeah, that's cape the truth helps. of it. He has a blue cape. Mallow has stupid shoes with no feet in them. Yeah, and dude, and like, you know what I love, and because another thing that this game does so well is the humor. When the humor's on, the humor is that classic. Like, the Paper Mario games and the Mario and Luigi games and some of, like, the funnier Mario games that have come out, like, they can be traced back to this game. And one of my, if not my favorite joke slash gag in this entire game is when you meet Gino, because you go into that kid's house and he's got the Mario, Princess, Bowser, and Gino dolls, and he's, like, making them fight. And then you go to bed or whatever, and then you see the spirit come down, the little star, and it goes to Mario, Princess, Bowser before it takes over Gino. And then when you meet Gino, he explains that he picked Gino because he just seemed like the most powerful of the four of them. And uh, and it's like, and he admits that to Mario. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just think that's, like, the funniest thing, that he was just like, no, this guy seemed like the coolest one. And he is. Like, <laughs> he's so cool. 
I like fuck. I it really like I just want something with Gino. Like even a t-shirt, release t-shirts that say missing or reward or something with Gino's <laughs> face on them. Like do something with this guy cuz he's so cool. And like you said, he's a fucking so you take him as your tank over Bowser, eh? Yeah. Now is that any day? Is that because you don't like Bowser or cuz you like Gino or do you think he's more powerful? Like is it strategy or preference or what? You know what? I think it's just cuz I thought Gino looked cooler. I like in in my senior years have come to appreciate Bowser quite a bit more, especially in this game because his story in this game is funny. Like the comedy of errors and him losing his followers <laughs> and then kind of groveling to Mario to not groveling but like that double you know, that backhanded, like, I guess you can join the Koopa Troopa. And, like, you know, he just has a fun story. It's, and I like Bowser a lot more than I used to. Yeah, yeah. All right, I can respect that. Because I got to say, like, I've gone on record many times as saying Bowser's my favorite gaming character ever. And this game is why Bowser's my favorite character. Because I played it when I was, you know, again, like, 12 or 13 years old. And uh, Bowser is so goddamn funny. Like, you, that's such a great segue into Bowser the character. First of all, I adore it anytime you get to make bad, like, enemies team up. It's just like when What's-His-Name joins you in Chrono Trigger. Um, yep. Fuck's his name? Where, uh, no, not Vincent, it's uh, Magnus? Magnus. Magnus, yeah. Magnus, When yeah. he joins you, I love that kind of stuff. And the fact yeah. that, like... We like anyone that played this when it came out, like people our age spent the last 10 years fighting Bowser as Mario and saving the princess all the time. And now all of a sudden here he comes and he's and like you said, like his, his castle gets taken over by Smithy, the bad guy. And then the Koopa Troopa slowly deserts him because they're all like, well, we can't win. We're not going to win this fight against Smithy. His bad guys are too strong. And every time you come across Bowser, his army is a little bit smaller and a little bit smaller. And then finally you run into him and he's literally crying. <laughs> he's literally crying being like this sucks i miss my castle and then he sees mario and does the like and they do such a great job of like making it seem this way he does the thing you know where like a character in a movie's crying and then they see someone else and they're like uh, uh, mm, and they just pretend like nothing happened you know and they go back to being like the badass guy right um, right and for how limited the console was for you know for sound and emotion and everything like that they did it flawlessly flawlessly they make it so good and the way he's crying in those two giant teardrops just like they look like they're stuck on his eye and they're just flobbing up and down i think it looks fucking hilarious and then the best part of the whole thing with bowser and you already said it, you nailed it is when he asks mar he tells mario he's like oh well all right, well, fine. I guess you can join the Koopa Troop. And then, like, the narrating script even says, apparently you joined the Koopa Troop. <laughs> like, and then they just <laughs> let Bowser... So then they just let Bowser come with them, but they act like you joined the Koopa Troop. Like, I thought that was so fucking well done. Like, so funny. Oh, so yeah. good. Um, and then it turns out that, like, again, and this is a preference thing to me, like, you could choose, like, you're going to roll with either, either Bowser or Gino. Um, in a perfect world, if it was up to me, I would dump Mario and my team would be Bowser, Gino, and Princess. Ooh. Um, because hot take. What's that? Hot take. Well, Adam abandons Mario. I mean, I love Mario, but like the bottom line is that Bowser and Gino both do way more damage than Mario yep. does. Way well, more. Well, especially 
especially Gino, he has some attacks that like really rip up Smitty's crew. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we were going to, okay. So Mallow's attacks suck other than the pimp slap. We talked about that. Gino just like has a variety of different guns. Like every single one of his weapons is just a new gun that shoots his hand at bad guys. And then all of his spells are also just like big shooting things, aren't they? Yeah. He has one that's a giant laser that cuts across the screen and uh, I didn't get too far with his abilities because, like I said, I stuck at Seaside. But right. Yeah, just a bunch of, like, gun variants, right? Yeah, like, so some of his attacks, like, I mean, maybe they're not as um as as varied as, like, Mario or Mallow or anything, but they all do so much damage, and they're easy to get the timing down of, and yeah, and he's just so cool. But then Bowser, this is another thing I love about Bowser in this game. Some of the attacks they give him are fucking hilarious. Like, there's the basic, like, where he slashes with his claws and then throws the big haymaker, and that's a cool attack. But then you can get the chain chomps, where you spin them around on the chain and then whip them at the bad guy. And then if you hit the button at the right time, the chomp actually chows down on them for a minute. Like, that's such a badass attack, man. Ugh, fucking love it. And then, did you get any of the weapons where he throws Mario? Yeah, just one. Oh, that's the fucking... I think that is the greatest thing in the world. That he literally just picks Mario up and whips him at the bad guy. And then if you hit the timing right, Mario bounces back and Bowser catches him and throws him again. And the way he... <laughs> and the look on Mario's face every time where he's like, what the fuck? And Bowser throws him. I just... I... Oh, I'm just gushing. Like, this is where Bowser became my favorite character. Those are all such rad attacks. His His magic's hot garbage, though. Well, and yeah, but, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I didn't like using Bowser very much, but, but I don't know. He's, he's the funniest character for sure. Yeah, he is. But you know what? Like I, cause admittedly, like I've probably beaten this game a dozen times and I always roll the party of, of Mario princess and peach, uh, or toadstool as she is in this game still. But uh, I never really yeah. thought about that. You're right. Gino's got like the magic. Like, like, whereas Bowser is all offense. Like, he's got, his magic's fucking brutal. Whereas Gino's got these big cannon special attacks, right? Yeah, he can turn into a freaking cannon at one point, right? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're, I don't know, they're both, I mean, it's a preference thing. Like, in a perfect world, you could run both of them, and they'd be like the Bash brothers, and they would just fuck everybody up. Um, But then you don't have a healer, because the last one to join your party is actually Princess... We'll call her Toadstool for the for the sake of the game because back then she was just Toadstool. But she ends up joining your party and she's like the stereotypical white wizard. Like to the T. Like her attacks suck, but she's got all kinds of magic. And her magic fucking owns in this game, man. Yeah. Like, well, she's the best healer. That's, uh, you know, that's why I wouldn't use Malo. Ma- Mar- <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. I don't even care what we call him. We'll just call him Shitty Mud. Shitty, shit. shitty Cloud. Shitty Shitty cloud, yeah. Shitty cloud. <laughs> Shitty cloud. Uh, no, she's a wicked healer. Because as soon as you get her, she's got... I can't remember the name of her first healing move. Um, but then after a little while, then you get group hug, where she heals everybody. Yeah, and that's the best. Oh, that move's like almost overpowered. It does so... It's so helpful. Like, And then like, I don't know how you are, but like once I'm rolling a team of Mario, Peach, and then a tank of either Bowser or Geno, then it just literally becomes a matter of like... Peach, especially in some of the harder battles, is just spamming group hug while Mario and whoever the other one is is doing all the damage. Yeah, that's usually how I'd play. But sometimes I'd play Malo, Peach, and Mario and just <laughs> have oh, nothing fuck. but heals. Yeah, so you'd never, you'd never die, but it'd just be Team two of them. Force. 
team metaphors, just two of them keeping Mario alive. Um, but I love it, dude. I love that pinch, like that they, that they like, cause outside of Super Mario Brothers 2, we never really got a chance to play as Princess Peach. And then I guess in the Mario Kart. Uh, yeah. so this was like, it was really cool to see her get a moment to shine and be like, yo, I have this magic and it's really good. Um, and then she, uh, oh no, wait, does she do the bitch? No, it's her that does the bitch slap. It's not Mallow. No, I thought Mallow had a big slap too. Uh, maybe I, they both do. I hardly played it with him though. He has the symbols for sure. Yeah. I'm just actually watching a video on all the attacks. Cause yeah, cause I know Prince, Princess has like, she does like a huge slap with the glove that she gets. And then she also gets like frying pans. Oh, Mallow punches both his hands. That's right? what it is. Oh, dude. And then he has it. And then he has his stupid stick. Oh, that stick. That's right. He gets and, that and stupid his, cane thing from. Uh... And his hands do get big. Like his hands do get big, like a bitch slap. Okay, but not like princesses slap. Like I can. Like, like I'm like literally princesses. doing it with my hand. Like I just think it's like the coolest thing that like princess does all this healing and she's like the heart of the team and she's actually like really badass and like I almost would have liked to have seen them. You know how they make Bowser into kind of a clown in this game. I think it would have been funny if they had made her like given her a little bit of edge and like because she's always like super sweet, prim, proper Princess Peach. And it would have been really funny if maybe at one point Bowser was crying and she was just like, grow the fuck up. You know what I mean? Like if she just yelled yeah. at him and was like, why, where's this when you're kidnapping me every two days, every two years or something like that? Like, like that, I don't know. But either way, like princess is awesome in this game and she's God, she's the best healer. It's not even like, I don't know why anyone would keep playing as stupid Mallow. I don't get why. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but like he just sucks so hard. Oh, and she has the frying pan. Yeah, she's got the frying pan, too. Uh, there's going to be so many people that like were screaming at the radio when we were like, Mallow's got this big bitch slap when it's Princess that does that big slap. I'm sure it is. Well, I, and he does have like a big hand move. He punches with both his hands and they get big. Right, but you're getting punched by a cloud. <laughs> Fuck, I hate oh, oh, no, the vapors and mist. Yeah, exactly, yeah. In 10 to 15 years, I might have slight breathing difficulties because of you, <laughs> loser. Um, so that's it, and that's the five... If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work, gone like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That could be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001. And a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac and every 15 minutes on the clock they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If 
If you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a CrashPlan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Characters. And I will say, like, where do you stand? Because, like, this is one of those games where it gives you the option of rotating your team in and out as much as you want other than Mario. Um, yeah. and that like, to me, that's the same as like Chrono Trigger. You can build whatever team you want. Final Fantasy six, you could build a team however you want. Whereas like Final Fantasy two and earthbound, you've got to roll the team that they're giving you at any given time. And I personally prefer that because normally I get like a little obsessive about trying to level everybody up and make all my teammates good. And I don't want to have to constantly switch team members out. Like, do you prefer being able to set your team or do you prefer like a locked and loaded team that the story tells you who you're playing as? Uh, I guess it depends on the story in the game. Like in something like this, I don't mind being able to pick my team because I really don't pick the players uh, that I don't use. But in something like uh, Final Fantasy, uh, not Final Fantasy in Chrono Trigger where you lose one of your characters or Final Fantasy 7 too. Like Aerith was my healer and then when she dies, I'm like, oh, that was a, fucking waste of time why did i spend hours you know grinding to get her really good heels yeah, yeah. and same when you lose chrono in chrono trigger right spoiler alert yeah um, i guess spoilers yeah <laughs> oh well it doesn't matter <laughs> we've already talked about both right, and they're old games right. um but yeah um, but lo- losing those characters that you pump a bunch of time into pisses me off so you know but when i when i have a choice and i figure out the team i want i don't spend time grinding with the other characters so yeah. as long as i don't have to end up having to use them because then they're super underpowered and it sets me back days where i just go to a lower level area and have to grind with the pieces of shit b team yeah like that's always been my one big criticism of final fantasy 3/6 is that i'm like there's certain people i don't want to use but i don't like don't make me choose. just give me a team like i like that just give me a team and let me play and in this game once i've got bowser and peach between my admiration of Bowser, Peach is an absolute necessity. Like, I don't know how anyone plays the last third of this game without Princess Peach in their party. And then you gotta have right. Mario. So really, the only major choice you can make is Bowser, Gino, or Mallow. And once you eliminate shitty Mallow, then it becomes, do you want Bowser or do you want Gino? Um, and I, I do prefer that, because I'm the same way. I pick my team of three, and then I'm just gonna roll that team the rest of the way. Um, yeah. And admittedly, like, it's not like this, like, this game is not the world's deepest RPG. Like, I love, I gotta say, Tyler, I fucking love the concept of when you level up, you can pick which of those three categories you want to level up or give a bonus to. Like, you can bonus your HP, bonus your attack and defense, or bonus your magic attack and defense. And, uh... To me, that's like some people are gonna shit on me for this and say it's not deep enough, but to me, that is the perfect level of customization. Just a little yeah. bit. Well, especially when it's the you know first game, like they don't have to overcomplicate it. They kept it you know just complicated enough to keep you interested and to keep it dynamic, but not so that you're having to figure out you know a very convoluted system of of leveling up and customizing your guys. Yeah. You know, and then if they come out with a sequel, I'd expect it to be more complicated. 
But this was perfect for what it was. Yeah, I, I mean, I got to assume that part of the logic behind that was they they were like, yo, if we put Mario on the cover of this, kids are going to want it. So it can't be like the world's deepest RPG because kids are going to play this. So they kind of yeah. dumbed it down and made the bright colorful like, because literally it's so like, I love that when you level up, it goes to that animation where they, like the player comes out of the pipe and then you get to choose yeah. what skill you want to level up and it's three bright colorful boxes. Like it clearly, like it screams like it's for children, but it works. And I'm the type of like, I always, for Mario, I kind of vary, or vary it, but then like Bowser, every single time he levels up and I would do the same with Gino, it's attack, like attack, defense, attack, defense, attack, like just make them into fucking stone cold killers and then peach i used to do her hp all the time to try to keep her alive you wouldn't do crit on anybody no oh man i always built a crit character oh really and then get that timing down so all of a sudden it jumps up like 200 percent. yeah yeah beauty no i i don't know i just always because like at the end of the day and like that's the thing about this game i know that you were like well the pirate ship kind of sucks and there is one particular puzzle in the pirate ship that sucks uh and the pirate ship's just boring because you got to fight ghosts and it's the same ghosts over and over and over again but uh and it's a boring anyway i hate the pirate ship but other than the pirate ship it's awesome uh it's not that it's just not the deepest most complicated most complex frankly not the most difficult rpg in the world like it doesn't really really matter how you level guys up as long as you're fighting enough to stay at a level that's passable for the game you're probably not going to run into too much trouble yeah exactly um like I was saying about like I was saying about Chrono Trigger, where it's a nice introduction to the JRPG. This is an even more soft introduction to the RPG genre. Yeah. Like if you enjoy Mario, you might enjoy this just on that fact alone. And if you like the style of game it is, then it opens up a door to many other games like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's a great point. And that's another thing. So there are I don't get this, but there are people out there that don't like the way they like that think this game looks ugly like that don't like the graphics oh dude like google it and they don't think it's aged well they don't think it looks nice i think it looks man and i think it aged well like i i'm playing it right now and you know like the snes is one of the consoles that all the games have aged super well because they were limited in what they could do graphically so they really focused on minimalistic details. There's a whole genre of modern games that's focused on making graphics the same as what was available then. Like, I can't believe people think don't think this aged well. It's well, aged wonderfully. Yeah, but there's people that don't think, like, Donkey Kong Country looks good today either. And I'm like, dude, you guys, I just think you're crazy. Like, I think those games look fucking awesome. Like, and this yeah, game... like, compared to what? Compared to Modern Warfare Warzone? Yeah, Donkey Kong doesn't look good. But compared to, like you know, what was out at the time, that looks amazing and, yeah. and has aged well. Like, it still looks, you know, yes, it's pixely, but you're, you got to understand what you're working with. You're not working with, you know, 16 gigs of RAM, a Titan 1080 fucking graphics card. You're working with the, the Super Nintendo. Yeah. And like, like there's I, only so much you can see on that thing. Yeah, man. And like, I'm looking at uh, pictures of this game right now, like, and I might be wrong. I very rarely am, but I might, no, I shouldn't be that guy. I'm, I'm wrong all the time. But I don't think we had seen Mario outside of two-dimensional yet in a game. And I would say he's like two, I don't know if it's like full-blown 3D, but like it's the same, it's the concept. Yeah, like, like he's he's not just a stick picture on a fucking screen anymore. And I just was so mesmerized by, and again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm biased, but like Bowser was the one in this game where I'm like, dude, you look so badass. Like when you can really see how big he is and with the muscles and the big spikes on his back and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I love but, the way this game looks. So, and that's what I was thinking about is that 
the Mario N64, like the adventure game, the Mario on N64, the first one. Yeah. This was like the predecessor to that in that it was, you know, not true 3D, but almost there and gave you a sense that Mario could go up, down, left, right, you know, around, like move in, in three dimensions in the X, Y, and Z axis. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think this gave Nintendo the confidence to do that with the N64. Yeah, you might be right because it absolutely like it's this was the time where we got to see like, oh, he doesn't just move left, right. Like he can go back and forth and stuff like that. And that is another thing like <laughs> and it's it's not it's not maybe because Mario's in it. It's because it's a Mario title. Uh, the like overworld like platforming aspects and, and some of the jumping and stuff like that is bar none like for i don't care what anyone says this is the most entertaining overworld in any rpg on the super nintendo by a mile yeah i agree um it's so much fun to run around and you get to explore these places and they're all so bright and colorful and the fact that you have that mario like running and jumping and hidden blocks and stuff like they took at like aspects of his platforming games and put them into an rpg i just think is like the coolest thing and then oh no random encounters Bonus points to everybody that makes an RPG and don't include random encounters. Total bonus points. Well, you can avoid every fight in this game. Yeah. That's something I love. Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, you'd be horribly underpowered, but, but you can do it, yeah. Um, but I love that when I go into an area, like, this is, like, one of the things that keeps me from exploring games like Final Fantasy 2 and 3 is that I don't want to deal with all the random encounters when I go into a dungeon. You know what I mean? It's like, fuck, I just, I just want to go see if there's a weapon or something in here, and I don't want to have to fight every eight steps. Whereas this game, not only are the com- is the combat fun, and I want to do the combat, but I can avoid the combat if I want to. And it's pretty easy to avoid because most of the bad guys don't really even come after you that hard. Some of them can't even move unless you touch them. Like plants yeah, there's, and stuff. There's a few that uh, will dart out at you when you're going to jump at uh, one of the coin boxes or anything like that. Like it's a couple of Goombas and stuff are like strategically hidden. And when you jump and you have to move quickly, but right. Or just fight, fight the fight. But. Right. But they did a great job of, like you said, making most of it avoidable. And you know what? Like, when you're playing this game, you know it's an RPG, but it really does. And I don't even, I don't even know how exactly to say it, but they really captured the essence of a Mario game in this RPG. Like even yeah. the Paper Mario games, I don't feel like they feel like a Mario game. Like they're they feel like a Paper Mario game, whereas Mario RPG feels like they took Super Mario World and made it into an RPG. Like everything. Yeah, I agree. About- I- it has that feel it, and it definitely is true to the theme the, the music's there the puzzling like i said the puzzling doesn't feel like uh like any of the jrpg puzzles it does feel like mario puzzles yeah you know yeah. especially especially now having played like uh, the n64 mario and some of the later games that rely more on the puzzles and aren't just the side scrolling you know jumping uh you know traditional mario games right so it does you know does have those elements and definitely feels true to a Mario game. It really just feels like playing a Mario RPG. Like it, it's a Mario game as an RPG. And uh, fuck me, we're 45 minutes into this thing. And we haven't even mentioned Smithy. Like they could have simply made the game where you, it's Mario, Luigi, maybe Toad. You introduce Malagino if you want, whatever. But you got to take down Bowser. I got to say like fucking massive props so like smithy is a take it or leave a character i don't really miss i could care less if we ever see smithy again but the fact that like you you came up with an enemy that doesn't suck that's more powerful than bowser that kicked bowser out of his castle 
And that's why Bowser's team has deserted him and he has to join Mario. I fucking love it. Like, I think it's infinitely more like if, if they had pitched this to me, if I had been in the board meetings when they were like, no, Bowser's going to be a good guy and you're going to take down this other guy who's just like a giant sword with a dog face. Yeah. <laughs> and like, like uh, the Axum Rangers. Yeah, I you love know, that. Uh, they, they do a parody of basically the Power Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the villains in this game. Like, it's like to me, they do come across as like, and I maybe it's just because, again, most people that were playing this grew up playing Mario. So we were so attached to that Mario universe. But it's like these bad guys came along. They kicked Bowser out of his castle. They fucked up the the mushroom kingdom and everything all of bowser's troops have deserted them and they've basically ruined this nintendo universe that we all love and it really right? made me want to be like no no yeah let's get these like fuck you this is our like this is we play these games like you get the fuck out of here and i feel like that's another disconnect with mallow because gino is from the universe with smithy or he guards the stars that smithy destroyed or whatever so it explains why yeah. gino's there because he's got a beef with smithy too stupid mallows just like i gotta find my parents and it's like get the fuck out of here like you don't it's, bring anything to the team he's just annoying like the, yeah. the, but you need that character you need the character everybody's gonna hate i guess so he's prince edward <laughs> or whatever yeah prince edward from final fantasy 2 is mallow yeah but uh but i love smithy and some of the boss fights dude like uh, the evil wedding cake is fucking awesome uh <laughs> that, that one's optional right uh i think i it, think that was an i think that was an optional yeah boss there's fight. like a mini game around it and you might be able to get yeah. out of fighting him but i love the i love fighting that stupid cake like i love fighting him i love fighting that fucking weird psycho in the in the in the mysterious woods that keeps shooting the arrows up in the sky and disabling your attacks yeah yeah i can't remember his name now but i fucking love that guy um frankly the hardest boss in the game for me is the guy you fight right after the pirate ship when you come back to land, you fight this like spear guy. Oh, thanks. I am not even there yet. Now I know I'm looking forward to the hardest thing. Yeah. I think he's the hardest fight in the game. Look, quite frankly. Um, but you fight like a giant, like a giant blooper in the pirate ship. And that's an awesome fight. And uh, there's, uh, I just, I'm just, I, I know I'm just rambling, but it's like considering they're all just a bunch of made up characters that we never see again. I fucking love some of the fights in this game. I love them so yeah. much. The cake's name is Bunt 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 the cake oh dude yeah. and there's that fucking so i think if you're in the pirate ship you will have already done booster's tower right yeah that fucking weird looking creepy hairy guy that lives in the tower and like that's where princess is and you gotta save her um i love that tower the creepy ass music in that tower and i love booster i just think he's such a i wish it was wario I... but well, and that's who I thought initially. I was like, oh, this kind of looks like Wario. Weird. Weird that they didn't put him in the game, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, it would have made sense if Wario had been the, that guy instead, but whatever. It's He's still a funny character. And then I love when you're yeah. chasing him up the mountain, and he's got Princess Peach on his back, and you're trying to catch him, and he keeps like sending barrels at you or beetles or something, and you're dodging the barrels while you're trying to catch him with Princess Peach. Yeah. Um, well, and then even the the curtain mini game, like all the mini games. Oh, like the curtain mini yes. game with him is so awesome. Where you're hiding like, behind I, the curtains and he's trying to find you with his like, or he's got his associates trying to find you. <laughs> oh, just the level of excitement, right? Yeah. Fuck. It was so intense. I remember doing that as a kid and just being like, "Oh no, fuck!" Because I kept thinking he was gonna find me. Well, and there's even an evil Yoshi. There's Crocodile, right? Like. Oh, you know, yeah. having an evil Yoshi, you don't, you know, like that's something you don't see in the Mario games ever. You don't ever see, like the Yoshis are pretty 
subservient to Mario. Yeah, yeah, because you go to Yoshi's Island or whatever, and there's like the races. Um, yeah, dude, there's so many mini games in this. There's that one where you go race Yoshi's. There's that fucking hide behind the curtains. There's the running up the hill dodging beetles. There's a casino where you can gamble with frog coins and stuff if you can find it near the end of the game. There's oh, the cool. there's the waterfall right after you get Mallow where you're collecting coins and falling down that weird waterfall. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot, like, that's the shit that sets this aside and makes it feel like a Mario game. Or stuff like how you can, oh, when you get a star in the overworld and you can run around and just kill all the bad guys and then every bad guy you kill, you get the XP like you fought them. Oh, neat. That's fucking so sick. Like, if you, I don't know if you, you came across that at all, but like... Yeah. I fucking love that thing. And I love that you get those little, you know, when you're fighting bad guys and then sometimes they throw the flowers up in the sky and you get like double XP or double attack or once again and stuff like that. Yeah. That's where you get the max HP stuff like that. As yeah. Well, right? I love that stuff. I especially like the one we're lucky. Cause then at the end of the fight, you can gamble and get double XP or double coins or lose it all. I always, yeah, yeah. you always play like it's so much. It just, it's just, it breaks up the monotony of RPGs like it just no, exactly oh. like i said it's it's one of those rpgs that it has the hook to keep a guy like me especially now in this day and age totally enamored with it like unless like i almost would rather watch someone else play an rpg at this point so that i could sit and you know fart around on the computer or something while they're playing but this is one that i've been playing like uh, the last couple of days non-stop yeah i agree yeah once you i'm the same way dude like i've probably fired this up and beaten it like i say at least a dozen times and every time i sit down to play it it just takes over my life because i i the graphics blow me away i think the music is great the combat's charming running around in the overworld is so much fun the story's great there's literally outside of that pirate ship i have no complaints about this game no complaints about it i so badly want a fucking real sequel to this game more than any game uh, I like I almost stopped myself but I'm just yeah I'm gonna say it I, there's not a video game in existence that I want a true sequel to more than this one not any of them you, you heard it here on remember the game Mario RPG the sequel better come out yeah lock it in it's coming uh, god that'd be so awesome um, 2020's kicked us in the dick enough we need Mario <laughs> that RPG would make too. it all worthwhile if you told me <laughs> I had to suffer through 2020 but I'd get the sequel to Mario RPG I'd have to Worth think it. long and hard about it. I wouldn't just be like, no, fuck that. <laughs> I'd be like, well, I mean, I don't really no, need to work anymore. I got, my career's ruined, but I got Mario RPG 2? Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> um, it's easily the game that I want to see the most ported to Switch as far as games that aren't on the Switch SNES online yet. And I'm sure it's coming at some point. It will. Well, and they could reskin it and it would be look way more polished if that's a big complaint with people. I thought it looked good. but Yeah, I mean, I'm and, blown away and, by that. It'd be easy to up the DPI or the pixels per square inch and make it look good. Yeah. Yeah. I just, oh, I, I, I'll never get tired of just looking at it. Like, I just think they, mm-hmm. just the cover, like I'm looking at the cover right now and just seeing Mario princess and Bowser standing there looking as bright and colorful. And they look like they pop. Like they, you know, they look like you took the super Mario world versions of them and just blew them full of air and made them like inflated instead of being deflated 2d creatures. And yeah, I, yeah, exactly. And they look so great. Like the only criticism I got other than the pirate ship is like I guess it would have been cool if Luigi like I don't know why Luigi wasn't Milo, but whatever. I don't know why they did that. Oh, that would have been way better, actually. Yeah, I don't know why. You know, the you get the brother, he's the healer right off the hop. Like that would have been way better. Yeah, and they could still make him like 
shitty. Like Malo was such a wimp. They could still make Luigi into the wimp and just, you know right. what I mean? Like, but then give him like some, give him like certain powers where it's like, holy shit. Like where the fuck did that come from? And then I'm let him go back to being cowardly wiener Luigi, but we're just nitpicking <laughs> now. We're just nitpicking. Um, yeah. dude, we've been talking for 55 minutes and I could go for another hour on this game. Um, do you got any, is there anything we missed any big points before we score this thing and kind of wrap it up? I, for the longest time, thought Exor was Smithy. That's the uh, the only thing that I could say that I didn't like about the story in this game is they don't make it clear who the bad guy is. Like, you never have an encounter with them till near the end, right? Right, right. So I would have liked, you know, Bowser shows up and you see him periodically through every, you know, step of the way. But it would have been nice to, like, have some kind of confrontation with Smithy at some point to show him as the bad guy so that you have somebody to look forward to. Instead, I thought it was the fucking sword. Yeah, yeah. I did too. Actually, you're right. I did too. I thought that this it turns out the sword, like you never really do you ever fight the sword? I don't think you do. He just uh, kind of sits. I, I haven't made it there yet and I intend to, but he is on the boss list. Right. Oh, okay. Then I don't remember if you fight him or not. But yeah, I agree. Like he seems like the number one villain and then it turns out there's like an old fat guy who's like the bad guy. But yeah. Um, oh yeah, quick. One last thing I wanted to bring up is uh, there's an Easter egg in this game. You're talking about the mini games. There's also stuff like how many times in a row can you jump on a bad guy's head? And there's like a dojo you fight near the end of the game. You find this dojo and there's like a hidden boss there. And I don't remember what all you have to do to go through to get it, but I have done it. I have beaten him. And then you end up fighting a boss from Final Fantasy. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil anything else if you've never gotten there, but you can fight an actual boss from Final Fantasy. And it is by far the hardest fight in the game. And it looks like you took Mario, Princess, and whoever and put them into like a Final Fantasy game. But it's awesome. It's so like, oh, there's just so much meat on the bone with this fucking game. I, oh, I fucking Weep. love it so much. Um, all right, well, let's let's score this thing. Let me. I'm just trying to come up with a way to score it. I don't want to score it out of five because there's five characters. Um, out, of, out, of, out of seven for the seven stars? Hmm. No, because I want to give it more than a six, but I can't give it a seven. <laughs> so uh that's what i'm that's the problem i'm running into here okay it came out in 1996 so out of 1996 what would you score super mario rpg 1993 oh that's like a 9.9999 out of 10 yeah that's a good mark i'm just taking a mark off for the stupid sword because i and that I, the pirate ship yeah no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'd probably go in around like that 1990 to 19... I was tempted to go 1995. That's probably what I would give it. Actually, yeah, I'll give it 1995 out of 1996. It's not Mario World, and the Mallow sucks, but it's okay because you don't have to use them very much, and the pirate ship is a little lame. But it just... Yeah. You're right, dude. Like, someone uh, wrote into the show, and God, I'm sorry, I can't remember who... I want to say it was Doug. Someone wrote into the show a few weeks ago and said, what should be my first RPG? And I suggested either Pokemon Red and Blue or Final Fantasy IX. And while I still stand behind those suggestions, Mario RPG is another excellent suggestion. It's kind of different from other RPGs, but, like, to me, this game should be a must. Like, everyone should play Mario RPG. Yeah, absolutely. Um, ah. I sure hope we did it justice this time. This is just like the first, when we did the first one of these revisits, we talked Super Mario World and we went for over an hour and I was like, we could keep going, but we got to stop this thing. And that's how I feel about this. We've been talking for 57 minutes and I'm like, I could just go for another hour easily. This game is so good. And, uh, I, ah, oh, fuck. I love this game. Tyler, you really got to beat the pirate ship. 
Oh, I will be. This is uh this is a do or die situation. Yeah, you got to finish it and then we want a post of the end credits on social media so that we can all celebrate that you finally beat Super <laughs> Mario RPG cuz it's so All good. right. Um, all right. Buddy, thanks so much for doing this, Tyler. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy Tuesday afternoon to talk video games with me. Oh, anytime. We'll do it again soon, buddy. Thanks a lot. Okay. for this week's episode Tyler thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Super Mario RPG and every single one of you thank you so much for listening to the show I hope you're enjoying not only the podcast and the new direction we're taking it in but these revisited episodes as well because I'm fucking loving them guy I love some of these games that we talked about back in the day before we knew what we were doing ah fuck I'm feeling I want to play Mario RPG now like I'm feeling I got the I have that effect on myself where I want to go play it now uh, thanks for listening you guys if you're enjoying what we're doing please consider supporting us on patreon even if you still got a giant back catalog of episodes to listen to it's only two bucks a month it really helps me out more than you could possibly imagine you'll get extra podcasts a shout out you can dm with me you can write in for stuff to be read on the show whole bunch more patreon.com slash remember the game find all of our information there and check me out on twitch i stream tuesday thursday and sunday nights normally from 8 to 11 mountain time uh, in the evening. However, my comedy schedule is causing us to switch it up this week. So Thursday night, which will be September 17th, I'll be streaming from 1 to 4 p.m. Mountain Time. And then on Sunday, I don't know what date that is, but I'll be streaming from 10 p.m. to midnight Mountain Time. Uh, we're at Member the Game on Twitch. Not Remember, just Member the Game. Hit me with a follow over there. It's completely free. Then you'll know whenever I'm online. You can come by and chat with me and we can talk and play video games and it's lots of fun. That's going to do it for this week's episode, you guys. I'll be back on Friday with, uh, oh no, I guess, yeah, okay, so Friday will be the, <laughs> I have so many podcasts now, I can't remember them. I'll be back on Friday with early access to Game Patch 5.0, where we will hopefully be talking PlayStation 5 pricing. I'll be back on Sunday with Expansion Pass number 26, where we will be confessing our gaming dark secrets. And on Monday, it'll also be Game Patch 5.0 if you're listening to us on the free feeds. And then I'll be back next week with one episode 116 to remember the game. Just podcast, pod, just podcast, eat, sleep, repeat. That's my life these days. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Take it easy. Cheers. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I simply could not be producing the content I'm producing right now without all of their support, and I would like to thank, take a moment to thank all of them for helping us out and supporting the show. I fucking got through that. I always screw that up, but I fucking did it this week. I almost fucked it up, but I didn't. Anyway, so a humongous thank you to everyone that's supporting us at patreon.com slash rememberthegame for two bucks a month, and that includes Aaron Cuphall, Aaron Lawson, Adam Anderson, Adam Oshirello, Adam Alan C., Alex, Alex Martinez, Andre, Andrew Halep, Chuck, Andrew Wright, Andy Baker, Another Stupid Monkey, April Zane, April Cronenbitter, Batter Barhumi, Bearded XP, Ben Bouillou, Ben Boucha, Ben Drinkin, Bradley McHugh, Brandon O'Brien, Brian McKay, Brian Medeiros, Brian Ransom, Bullfrog, Charlie M, Chris Campbell, Chris Flurry, Chris Wilson, Chuck Schlarp, Corey, Craig Kilcup, Craig Rutt, Crash Bandiquitted, Chris Knife 007, Curtis White, Dan T, 
Danny Vega, Dario Oman, Dave L, Dave McGee, Dave Thompson, Desert Tortoise, Duhow, Doug Dorn, Doxer, Dustin L, Dylan, Eric Cannard, Evan Refuse, Fraser Burns, Gary C, Jin and Chris, Andre, SJA Flash, James Clark, Jason Adams, Jason Cortez, Jeff Johnson from Game on GNT, Jeffrey Mathis, Joe Buck, Joe Gillespie, Joe Mack, Jordan, Josh Morgan, Josh from the Press Start to Join podcast. Kate Roberts, Casey Rarick, Keegan Wilson, Kevin Chincholo, Kevin Donlin, Kevin Hufford, CryptoVox, Kyle Paul, Lane Orr, Leon Napskog, Les Winan, Luca, Mackenzie Wheeler, Mark Jones, Mark McHugh, Mark 209, Matt Brown, Matt McLean, Michael Mathis, Mikhail Haig, Miklos Blackshaw, Miles from BingBackRetro.com, Mr. Nick, Nathan Tromblay, Nathan W., Nick Sills, No Juan Cares, OG Big Titus, Rex, Robert Fuchsia, Robert L., Rome 21, Ryan White, Scott Brooks, Scott V., Sean Razine, Sharonic, Slick Rick, Stupid Monkey, The Bevins Girls, The T-Word, Todd O., to- er, Todd, pardon me, Tom, Tony, Travis, Tyler, Vladstein, Whiteboro, Wyman Brooks, Yamcha, Morgan, David Ray, Geek Life Radio, and Ryan Yeager. That is fucking really hard. I don't know if anyone makes it to the end of this every week, but if you do, I record that live every week, and that is a hard thing to do. Thank you all so much for the support. Thank you for your two bucks. I really appreciate it. I hope you feel like you're getting your money's worth, and I will talk to you guys again on Friday and Sunday and every fucking day. I'm out podcasting. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you again soon. Take it easy.